Right, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Shutdown Coverage NFL Show. I hope you're all doing really well today. You're having a nice day, feeling good, um, ready for another show, ready for another podcast. So today we've got a really interesting discussion. We're not far from the draft now. We're going to talk about the best remaining free agents and fits for them. I don't expect any of these guys to move before the draft really, maybe during the draft, but these guys are probably moving afterwards so a lot of my discussion a lot of my reasoning for why um, these players are going to go to these teams especially when it comes to the quarterbacks not going to reveal who they are yet um, but they'll be along in a minute refers to what I think people are going to do in the draft um, whether they're going to take quarterbacks whether they're not whether they're going to take a developmental quarterback so they need someone now and what their current state as a franchise is so all cat figures before I start all cap figures are from overthecap.com. Great website. Those guys do great work. And that's where I've taken my figures from. So props to them for giving us all that information. So the first person on the list, my number one of my 10 best remaining free agents is Cam Newton. Obviously, this guy was the MVP not that long ago. I know it's a few years now, but still not that long ago. He's still got all that talent. He might be a bit injury prone now, but he's still that one tier below elite quarterbacks and I think he can really help a team still. The team I've got him going to is the LA Chargers. They have 22 million left on the cap so they can afford it considering I don't think there's any way Cam Newton really bar injury to a team can af- ask for starting caliber money anymore. Um, I think he might get it down the road if he goes to a team and plays well but I think they've got enough money to sign him to a contract at the moment. I think Cam and LA are just a match made in heaven. What what do the LA Chargers need right now? They need flash. They need superpower. They need a quarterback who gets people excited. Cam fits all those. Whatever you might say about him, whether you think he's a great quarterback, whether you think he's a good leader, he matches all those things. The Chargers need some sizzle. They've got it on defense. They've got Bosa. They've got Ingram, amongst others. And they need a quarterback to make the offense feel the same. They need to get LA's attention to compete with the Rams for fans and momentum. As I've said on previous podcasts, anyone who thought, you know what, I'm going to support the Chargers. I'm in LA, I haven't got a team, I'm going to support the Chargers. They can easily swap to the Rams. If the Chargers don't do anything, they can easily swap to the Rams. They've only supported them for a couple of years. They can go, do you know what, the Rams are still in LA. I'm just going to pop over there, just get a new shirt and pretend I had the Rams all along. The the Chargers need to make some moves. They have got a really nice roster. Really nice roster. But that quarterback, they can't go into the season with Tyra Taylor. I can't see them drafting anyone. I think I think Tour will go to Miami. I think Burrow will go to the Bengals. And they'll think, do you know what? We can improve our team hugely where we're sitting pick-wise. We don't need a quarterback, especially a project. Um, but we do need someone who's not Tyra Taylor um, if we're really going to excite this fan base. Um, I think you have got to worry about the injuries and I get that but you can still keep Tyra Taylor there as your backup um, to step in if Cam does get injured or if he isn't quite ready for season start though I can't see any reason why he won't be from what we've heard about his medical situation although I know it's sketchy at the moment um, Anthony Lynn does like Tyra Taylor but I can't see him having said to him you're the starter definitely that's why I brought you here you're my starter I think he'll have said to him look you're definitely going to have a chance to compete to be a starter and he definitely will even if Cam Newton comes along but I don't think he's going to have guaranteed him to be a starter and speaking of the Chargers roster and how stacked it is in places especially on the defensive side 
if Cam can do what he's averaged over the last four years, which is a completion rate around 60%, 25 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and six rushing TDs, if he can do that, those stats are from NFL.com, so thank you to them for that. If they, if he can average that, this team's a playoff team. Might not win the Super Bowl, fair enough, but they are a playoff team and they can be a force. And I think that's the best route for the Chargers. Take one of the best players on the board at six, maybe Isaiah Simmons falls to you, which would just be an amazing piece um, or maybe you trade back a little bit, take one of the best receivers around 10-11 like Judy, just to help someone like Cam Newton. Um, the Chargers are in a great spot. Great spot if they don't take a quarterback. They take Cam, make themselves relevant now. So my second best remaining free agent is Jameis Winston. Uh, I've got him going to the Jags. They have $40 million left on the cap. I think Jameis will command even less than Cam. I think Cam will get top-end backup money. I think Jameis will get quite a small amount of money. He's been jettisoned by the team that's believed in him for so long. They've finally given up on him. And I think people are, are going to say, you know, especially the Jags, we've got Gardner Minshew. We don't have to have you. Um, we think you're probably going to be better than Gardner Minshew, but we're going to have straight-up competition. That means we don't have to have you, so we're going to pay you this, and you're going to have to accept that. I did think about the Steelers. I thought, you know... What a guy to nurture for a couple of years behind Ben. But they've only got $6 million available on the cap currently. And they've still got to sign, obviously, their draft picks and any more free agents. And I, what we've seen in the past is Big Ben's not reacted great to having quarterbacks sitting behind him who might take his job. So I think they haven't got the cap space and I think Big Ben doesn't take greatly to it. Um, the Jags have then two callbacks to work with. Open competition between Jameis and Gardner Minshew. You can swap as the season goes on, maybe. I think he's more—he's exciting for the Jags fans. I think you've got Minshew mania, and then you've got Jameis Winston throwing touchdowns and everywhere. I know picks everywhere as well. Hopefully, he might be able to clean that up. But just the idea of having them both, I think that puts the Jags in a really exciting position at quarterback. Um, and in the draft, they can instead replace free agents they've lost and improved their team they've also lost people like Claire Campbell so they could go for Brown high in the draft to replace him they've lost Bue they could go for CJ Henderson to replace him um, they could go like I said for Judy and and they could get any of these players pretty much by actually going back from where they are so they could even collect more picks um, they've got two first rounders so they've got a lot of potential to get players and then draft James Winston in and say you know you're our starter you're a vet we know you've got things to learn but you're going to hit the ground running pretty well and we're excited for where we are okay uh, number three is Jay Davian Clowney I've gotten going to the Browns I think this just makes too much sense for me I think the Browns have 40 million left on cap plenty of money and um, they'll have plenty of money for the next couple of years again before any rookie contracts start hitting so I think they're in a good position to take someone like Clowney on. They've already got Garrett and Ogba. So I look at it as, as if Clowney's injuries hit. They've got two guys there already. They will miss him. Obviously, anyone would miss Clowney if they don't have him in their lineup. But I think actually they'd still be fine. But imagine if all three stay healthy. Imagine that rotational pass rush off the edge. I just think that'll be brutal um, on, on second and third down. 
Um, it lessens the odds of the injuries as well for Clowney. You know, you bring him in and you say, you know, we're going to pay you this, which is good money, but we're not paying you absolutely top dollar, partly because your injuries and partly because the idea is we're going to rotate you to keep you healthy. And I think at this point, Clowney would accept that. You know, I know he wants big money, but I think the fact he's been floating out there this long, if he went to a team that he knew were going to look after him, who were still going to pay him good money because the Browns can afford to, I think he, he would enjoy that. I think it would be good for the Browns. They need the pass rush to get after people like Lamar Jackson. Big Ben's going to be back. Even Burrow might have a bit of a high-end first season for a rookie. So they need to put that fearsome group together and get after quarterbacks. Number four is Everson Griffin. Um, I've got to go into the Texans. Um, they've got 19 million left on the cap, which is plenty for someone like Everson Griffin, who's starting to tick into his older years, has obviously some problems off the field. I think he will come actually fairly cheap after being in free agency this long. Joins JJ Watt and Co. on that front seven that's getting a bit old. It's it's good still and it's savvy. Um which Everson Griffin is as well. He wouldn't reduce the age there, but he would just get that rotational um, depth going. He adds another veteran presence. He's a leader, which I think the Texans need at the moment. I think he eases the loss of Clowney. You know, if, if you put them directly opposite each other and said, well, look, if we look at it now, we traded a third round pick and Everson Griffin for Clowney. You know, we got a third round pick and Griffin for Clowney. I think you could put a much more positive spin on that, and that's what the Texans need at the moment. They need positive spin. Um, the Cooks thing hasn't gone over that well for Jerome Hopkins, but I think if you put this across like this, we'll get Everson Griffin and a third-round pick for Clowney. I think all of a sudden, in that particular regard, the fans would get on your side and say, do you know what? I don't think that's bad, bad of a deal. Okay, next on the list, um, we're nearly halfway through, is Logan Ryan. Um, I've got him going to the Lions, um, 29 million in cap space. We'll get into the point where we're looking at players who aren't going to cost you much anyway. So 29 million is obviously easily enough. I think he joins the Lions, um, joins the Patriots Renaissance or Castoffs in Detroit, depending on how you want to look at it. You could look at them as Castoffs, you know, second hand Patriots. You could look at it as really savvy signings that suit what Matt Patricia wants to do. He knows the players well, and they're all savvy, clever players who've been in that Patriots system. They know their jobs. Um, the Lions need desperate help in the secondary. I still think they get a Cuda in the draft. Um, they trade down, get a Cuda in the draft, get extra picks, which probably includes another corner, get Logan Ryan, pair all that with Trufant, and all of a sudden that secondary could be if not a strength, certainly not a weakness with Akuda, Ryan, Trufant, and probably another young corner. I think all of a sudden Darius Slay leaving doesn't seem as bad. Obviously it would still be preferable to keep him, but I think you you put that you put that loss to bed a little bit by having these guys. Logan Ryan can work in the slot. He's a very short tackler, and he's the kind of guy who can just have a bit of a veteran presence in this locker room. Straight to another corner for our next guy. You can see the importance in the NFL, just looking at the list. Quarterback, quarterback, pass rusher, pass rusher, corner, corner. <laughs> I've got some players in other positions, believe me, but it just shows some of the most important positions in the NFL right now. It's not actually saying necessarily these are the most talented players, although generally that's the case. It's also the position they play. 
So the next one on the list is Prince of Makamura. Um, I think he's going to go to the Raiders. They have only got eight million left on cap, but he's going to be cheap. He's not going to cost a lot. Again, the Raiders secondary is not a good one at the moment, um, but he'll be cheap at this point. And they just got to hope he has one of his up seasons. You can get him on a one-year deal. In 2018, so only two seasons ago, he had three picks, a return TD, and two forced fumbles. That's from Pro Football Focus. Um, I think you know if he can have one of those years, he would be a great asset. But even if he can have, you know, one or two picks, a fumble, and just generally short coverage, I think that would help a shaky Raiders secondary immensely. Um, on top of anyone else they add in the draft, which with two first-round picks, they probably will. Next up, Smite Daniels. Um, I think he goes back to Green Bay. I think he spent his career in Green Bay, one year in Detroit. Um, I think he comes back to uh, Green Bay. I think he'll come back a lot cheaper, um, which is part of the reason I chose Green Bay. They've only got 11 million left on their cap, but I don't think he's going to be very expensive. I think he's going to have to have a prove-it year. Um, you know, you might sign him to a, t- um, sign him to a two, three-year deal, but the money this year will, and the way you can get out of the contract will reflect a one-year deal almost. Um, the D-line ranked second last against the run in 2019 and mid-table in pass rush, according to footballoutsiders.com, which means you know they, they do need to improve that. Um, Daniel's best seasons might be behind him. You know that is prob- That could well be true, but potentially he might become the player he was a couple of years ago. But even if he can just fill a need for now, he won't be a particularly expensive addition to the Packers. He knows the system, he knows the franchise, he knows the other players. Um, and I think they can afford to bring him back after not a brilliant year in Detroit. Going in the centre of the defensive line again, um, we've got Damon Harrison next. Um, I think he's going to go to Washington. That's my prediction. They've got 23 million left on the cap, which means they can afford to pay him and pay him the kind of money he'll want, um, which isn't huge, but you know is is not going to be backup money either. Um, their pass rush in Washington was really good last year and should only improve with Chase Young who's the presumptive pick at number two in every mock draft you'll ever see Um, so therefore presumably they'll have him and their pass rush will be really brutal Um, can really get after the quarterbacks in that division however the run D was towards the bottom again according to footballoutsiders.com and Harrison could definitely improve that Um, even if he's just a one two down lineman in rotation um, doesn't stay in for passing downs. I think he could still improve it massively. Just get those first down, second down runs to one, two or three yards rather than four, five or six yards. Um, I mean, two, two seasons ago with the Giants, again, sometimes I think people too, look too much at what happened last year. It is important, but if it's only two, three years ago, have a look at that as well. Look at scheme and fit. Look at the team he's with. So two, thousand, uh, two seasons ago with the Giants, Pro Football Focus said he was the number three interior defender and the best run stop percentage. And so if you look at that, you've got to think, well, maybe he can recapture that in Washington, especially as he's going to be playing on a good defensive line. I think he'll be motivated by that. I think they can afford to pay him the kind of money that will motivate him. And I think it would be a good player to take a punt on for Washington for not much money. Down to the last two now, picks nine and ten. Uh, I've got Jason Peters at nine. I've got him going to Miami. Uh, Miami are in desperate need of offensive line help. In my mock draft at the moment, I've got them taking a quarterback and a offensive tackle again and a wide receiver. So I think they are going to address it in the draft. 
but unlike some other drafts I've seen, I don't think they're going to take two linemen in the first round. I, I wouldn't blame them for doing it. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I just don't see them doing it. And so they can reach out to Jason Peters uh, during free agency instead. He's not going to cost a lot. He would have in previous years because obviously been an elite tackle for many, many years. Great player. But he is towards the end of his career. Injuries are a concern. But I think for the money you could sign him for, I think he'd be a great person to come in start a left tackle, let your other tackle, um, who I've got them taking 26th overall, um, they've got them taking Jones 26th overall. I think he can come in on the left side, he can mentor them, tutor them, show them how to prepare, and then if he's injured, Jones can switch over to left tackle while Peters is out. Um, so sort of you're winning either way obviously you prefer him not to be injured but I don't think it's the end of the world if he was he'll still have a good effect on your franchise um, like I say he's a leader vastly experienced and I, the Dolphins don't have many players who have lots of experience and have been successful it's usually one or the other apart from the Patriots that have come over so it would be nice to have that kind of guy in your locker room Lastly, um, I had a few people, I was thinking about number 10 and number 9, who had a bit of a juggle for a while. But I've settled on Eli Apple in the end, partly because I think he's got upside and partly because he's corner. And again, you know, if you look at the, if you look at the positions in the draft that I've done, you've got defensive line, quarterbacks, offensive line, corners. Um, and so it's partly like I say talent it's partly the position they play um, the Cardinals have only got 8 million left on the cap which is re-squeezing it tight especially because they've got to sign their draft picks but I think Eli Apple can still sneak in there he's not going to cost a lot he's got flaws we all know that he's never lived up to the potential you think but he does work quite well in press man schemes which is what Vance Joseph likes to do he was the 13th ranked DB last year at press man and Cardinals do need some secondary help. They can take Apple on a cheap one-year prove-it deal. If he works out, great. If he doesn't, you know, you can just rotate him all year and just play him as much as you need to. I think it's a good chance for the Cardinals. It's also a good chance for Eli Apple to try and resurrect his career a little bit at an up-and-coming franchise with other young leaders on the team. I think it suits everyone that he goes there. So that's my 10 best remaining free agents and fits for them. Um, what do you guys think? Um, like I've said on other podcasts, I love seeing comments, so please comment below. Is there any I'm way off on that you think that's never going to happen? Is there any great picks that you maybe hadn't thought of or that you just think that's such a perfect fit? That's exactly where I think they'll go. Let me know in the comments section. Um, please comment and subscribe. Let me know what I can do to improve. It's always nice to hear what else I can do to make this podcast better. Um, just hope you have a great day enjoy the rest of it and I will talk to you